A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. He's got it! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome, all you Super Coach absolute legends out there. This is the Inside Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, the Super Coach Hawk, Rob Kennedy, sitting here with my mate, Big Horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, buddy? Hello, Rob. Going well. Let's get into it. What are we doing today? Mate, we are up to our last episode of our standard squeeze sixes, and we are up to the midfielders. For anyone who doesn't know about the standard squeeze, go and check them out. Make sure you use our Insight 15 code to get 15% off all their products. I'm sitting here with their four-in-one cup. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Big Horse there has got their standard squeeze product. It is an absolute weapon. I use it all the time. Get amongst it. Support those who support us. Mate, short little snippets to give everyone a little bit of insight to who are currently the top midfielders at the moment. Who do we see as some talking points that could jump in and finish in that top six or top eight uh, in regards to midfielders? Um, And maybe even some just little ones for people to think about when they start to look at making those final trades before they get into finals time against their head-to-head league. So we dive in for the last time for our standard squeeze sixes. I'm going to go with top eight being midfielders. Uh, Marcus Bondapelli and Clayton Oliver sitting there at the one, two. Nick Dacos is at the three. Josh Dunkley at the four. Christian Petrarca at the five. Jordan Dawson at the six. Tom Liberatore, a big riser into the seven. And Rory Laird at the eight. The surprises, let's start with first. Who are the surprises in that eight for you? I think it's it's all pretty pretty set, isn't it? Like at the start of the year, we we're pretty concerned with Dacos. 
because yeah. of the tag job that McGuinness, I think it was, did on Dacos in that practice match. Yeah. But he's just proven to everyone that he's such a fantastic footballer and will probably win a Brownlow this year, which is unheard of for someone in their second year, where people in their second year or rookies that come into their second year, they often struggle, but this guy's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. One that is surprising for me, you didn't mention him, but he's up there in the top 10 when we're talking about highest priced players this year, is Errol Goulden. So he's at 640K with an average of almost 111. We've predicted that his next three rounds, next three rounds, sorry, he's going to average 138, which is pretty consistent with the Super Coach Gold guideline. If you don't have him, you've got to bring him in. This could be a make or break for you. We we love to say the things that we got right. Uh, we do heavily talk about the things that we got wrong. Nick Dacos was one that we very much questioned right at the start of the year. And Errol Goulden was one that I really questioned. We are very big on don't go nuts over preseason. I think all the fantasy sports that we talk about, we also do basketball here. We do... Um, so we do NBA, we do NRL, we do AFL, you know, we've got it all. Preseason can be some of the biggest killers for you. And Errol Goulden went out and had that 172 and every man and his dog jumped on it, even with certain players not playing. But he has shown that he is a premier scorer and I think going to be a premier scorer for some, quite some time and many years to come. So if you don't have him, I have a feeling you're sitting in not a very good place in Supercoach because he mm. is elite. He's elite, and I don't throw that word around very easily and very often. Very much so. The one you got right, though, was Tom Libertore. I still think it surprises me that he got into that top eight, but boy, oh, boy, he's had a good year. And it's interesting because we talked about him actually being the, the probably the number one that would reciprocate to Josh Dunkley not being there and mm-hmm. Josh Dunkley sitting there at number four. And just been, in a strange way, I think probably one of the biggest, quietest achievers this year. Like no one's really talked about him. He's putting up massive numbers. He's averaging 121.9. His three-round average is 122. His five-round average is 132. I don't think he's had many games under 100, maybe one. I'm having a really quick look as we speak. He's had one game under 100, which was an 84. I mean, he's just pumped out what's been a fantastic year. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. And as you just said, he is worthy of what he's accomplished this year, given the hard work that he does in and under. But he was primed to take over from Dugley as soon as we knew he was leaving. So I think that's his role for the next two to three years, and you can lock him in for super coach relevancy moving forward. Tom Liberatore. I mean, we talked about Dunkley's numbers just before. Tom, Liber- Tom Liberatore pretty much mirror images them. He's only had three games under 100. Um, and in those three games, he had a 75, an 80, and an 87. But he's also had about three or four games over 140 as well. So he's just been – he's had a 149 against Sydney. He's had a 139 against Port Adelaide. He had a 141 against Carlton. He had a 140 against Fremantle. And he had a 141 against Richmond. There's five games over 139 for Tom Liberatore – and I'm still looking at a multitude of numbers here where he's in the 120s as well. That's but insane. He'll sit there and say, when the Bulldogs play, VC on Bont or VC on English, which makes very good reason, he's just flown under the radar and had a great year. And he's been one of those players where I've had him since round one and just enjoyed getting his score. 
it's been fantastic because not many people have had him. No, that's right. So let's start to give some of our listeners some ideas of some other people who might jump in. So you've already mentioned Errol Goulden. Who mm-hmm. else do you think is somebody that to finish off the year, they might not finish with that high of an average, but who's some players that out there that might jump up and down into that top eight to finish yeah, off the year? Yeah, we brought up in our previous podcast, and with Tom Green from GWS being out for the next three weeks with a hammy, I'm looking at Canilio to move into that inside mid-roll and then the Rolls-Royce himself, Josh Kelly, to be the outside mid, the user of the ball, moving forward. He's He passes the eye test. He's so good with ball in hand. His foot skills are elite. Has an ability to rack up scores. He's been priced at 650 and north previously. I have a feeling these next three to four rounds, should he stay injury-free, he's going to go mega large. It's Canilio. And it's Josh Kelly in the middle for GWS. They have a favourable run coming home. They're gunning for finals. My big call is Josh Kelly will average north of 120 for the rest of the year. So would Josh Kelly be your pick? If you had to pick one of the two, who are you taking? I'm picking Josh Kelly purely for disposal efficiency. I think when we're talking about touches-wise, Canelio will probably get more of the ball being that inside mid. But my concern with Canelio is that... He rushes with ball in hand a little bit and just throws the ball onto his foot, just gets the quick kick forward or just gets the hands off real quick without really looking to where it's going. Whereas Josh Kelly, he's just got that innate ability to look as though he's got that extra second to be able to use the ball, to be able to find a target. And, yeah, he's really good with ball in hand. So if I'm going to pick between the two, which I have this week, I'm tipping Josh Kelly. Yeah, and I like that call. For me, it's Zach Merritt. Um, for me, Zach Merritt, he's still sitting on a 124 uh, three-round average. He's sitting on a 125 game average, and that's even coming off a 69 last week as well. So for me, he's just been super consistent. They look to give him the football. He's classy by foot. He doesn't mind getting a tackle. Um, he had a 69 against Geelong at GMHBA. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, Geelong at GMHBA is just a different beast. But Mm -hmm. since before that, you know, 136s, 168s, 126, 105, 137, this guy just scores against everybody. I think he pushes up and possibly even finishes in there. And I think he keeps that 120-plus average to finish off the year. Yeah, I agree with you. He's been super precedent this year. Just his leadership from the front. The 200-game fizzer last week was a bit disappointing, especially as a bomber supporter that I am. But... Three games, four games to go. What is it? Five games, sorry, including finals for some people. Essendon have a pretty favourable run coming home as well. GWS, North Melbourne, West Coast, teams where he's going to score well against them. You, you could definitely go worse than pick and merit in your side. Who's next for you, mate? Yeah, I'm bringing in Sam Walsh. Why? Because Ooh. this week, without Kennedy, without Cripps, without Chera... It's going to be the George Hewitt and Sam Walsh show against Wet Toast. Oh, yes, I said Wet Toast, not West Coast. They're shitty ass. So <laughs> when, we're, when we're looking at Sam Walsh, he's had his month where he's got the run back in his legs. He's starting to get a lot of the ball. He's starting to use the ball well. We called it a couple of weeks ago that we feel like Carlton could go on a bit of a run. They have. I think Sam Walsh is going to go big this week, 130 plus, and I think he'll average his 120. Uh, throughout the rest of the year. So Sam Walsh for me, 532K. Again, without Kennedy, without Cripps, without Chera this week. There's not many other prime ball movers there. 
get him in your team. Is Sam Walsh going to be the Josh Dunkley of next year? So if he keeps his mid-forward status or possibly gets that mid-forward status next year, surely at his price and what we know his potential is and the way that he's put that kind of numbers up before, surely he's going to be one of the most picked in 2024. Come yeah. yeah, I think he will. But my fear is now without the names that we just said, his mm. midfield time is going to jump dramatically because yeah, they need him in there. So shout. I think, yeah, looking at towards the back end of the year and then next year, I think he'll keep his mid status, but I doubt the forward. The next one I want to talk about, mate, is, uh, look, he was GOAT status at the start of the year is, and the boys will love me saying this one, LDU. So LDU's obviously had some injuries, had some injury concerns, had a nice little 129 last week. His three-round average is sitting on 119. Um, He's the best player at North Melbourne for me by far. I know Sheasel's coming up and about and things like that, but from a super coach standpoint and a relevance, um, when he's putting up numbers like – you know, 122 against Port Adelaide, 94 against Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. He went and had a 134 against Geelong at GMHBA and then has a 129 against Hawthorne at $550,000. I think he's somebody that could still finish off the year strong. And I think he has a lot of pride in getting as many points and as many wins possibly for North Melbourne as he can. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's uh, he's going to play well and score well given the back end of the year that's coming up. For the viewers that have stuck with us right from the start, remember when Justin said that this man is so strong he could lift a 7-Eleven? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He's, he's going to need to do it in order to pull out some big scores towards the back of the year, but I think he will. He's, he's got that ability that no matter what the score is, regardless of whether they're getting pumped, his game is just brute in and under, get the ball out, bust through packs, kick long, inside 50. They've got Sev Larky down there. They've got Zerha. They will hit the scoreboard. It's a good shout. Next for you, mate. Next for me is one that I'm going to warn our listeners against, and they'll probably think I've got some form of – illness when I say this, but Took Miller. So he's at 518K. Yeah. At the last couple of years, he's averaged 120, but I'm going to throw you out some numbers because we all love some stats. So um, Gold Coast have six games left. GWS, where he's got a career average of 89. Brisbane Lions, he's got a career average of 98. Adelaide in Adelaide, career average of 84. Then it's finals time. 
Sydney, he's got an average of 100, which isn't too bad. Carlton, he's got an average of 99. And then North Melbourne, he only averages 96. So there's only one team there, and that's Sydney, where he averages just on 100, that his career average is over 100. Mind you, he has gone large in some of the against some of those teams. But remember, he had 10 weeks off with the knee. He's come in a little bit underdone. He's not going to be to the extent of Callum Mills and not score that poorly, but I don't see the big scores for Took Miller at the back end of the year, especially with the likes of Flanders, Raul and Anderson pumping through the midfield now. I think the biggest reason people are looking at him is the $518,000 price tag. So mm-hmm. we talk about an LDU just before at 550. We talk about Took at a 518. I think everybody knows what Took has done, um, but I think he's spot on. I, I don't see him averaging more than 108 to finish mm-hmm. off the year. Which right now, if you're looking to make a bit of a difference, I'd feel way more confident in the names that you just mentioned. Josh Kelly, um, LDU came out, Zach Merritt, those types of players. Those are the ones that I'm starting to put a bit more confidence in. The problem is Zach Merritt's at 667,000. So I could get why you would go an LDU at 550. But I reckon LDU finishes the year strong. Um, I don't think Took's going to give you the big numbers. I think he's just going to be a solid 105, 110 type player. So we thought the same about Callum Mills. Callum Mills' first two games back, he scored 77, subbed off at three-quarter time, and then he scored 101. Took Miller, his last two games, 92 and 101. Very very similar path to what Callum Mills has done. So, yeah, I, I expect that it's going to be a similar trend. He's not going to score that uber premium that we know him to have, but he'll average around that 100 for the rest of the year. Let's play the price tag. Let's play the price tag game with you, mate. If we're talking about bargain prices, and I think somebody that people shouldn't snooze on to finish out the year and will actually give you some flexibility because of his DPP. Mm -hmm. He's at 482,000. His last three games, 111 against Sydney, 120 against North Melbourne and 117 against uh, Essendon. He's going into the midfield more consistently for Geelong. And I'm speaking of Tom Atkins. Love it. When I know players and teams out there don't have many trades left, if you can bring someone in that has a sneaky DPP to be able to flip a little bit as you go along, I reckon you could do a lot worse than Tom Atkins. And I think he's going to be consistently putting up decent light numbers Mm -hmm. that will get you what you need for the finish of the year. Yeah, I agree. He's got the defensive mid dual position as well. He's really come on the last few weeks and it's sort of gone hand in hand with the form resurgence, I guess, of the Geelong Footy Club. They're getting it right at the back end of the year. He's quite a prominent inside mid when he's playing. Um, yeah, that's, that is a good choice. I don't think he goes uber high when you're talking about your 140s, 150s. No. But no. if you're talking consistently 120 to 100 and you can use him as covering your back line if someone goes down, that's a pretty good choice, especially at I, think, I, I think there's a few players out there at the moment, a few teams out there at the moment that don't have many trades left. They don't actually have a lot of money to play with. They can't, they're not looking for the, they can't do the downgrade upgrade. They've just got to kind of do a little bit of a move and make some cash. He's one that I would definitely look at to just give you a bit of a consistent finish to the year. Sure. I think he's found his role and I think he gets it done. The one last player I want to mention, and obviously no one's looking to bring him in. I wouldn't take the risk. But it's also to give myself a pat on the back to holding on to him is Will Ashcroft. 
and he's making the rising star competition a very interesting one this year mm-hmm. between himself, Sheasel. You could talk about Jai Miss a little bit in that as well, but um, it was definitely Sheasel's medal to, to lose at the start of the year, and maybe it still is. But Will Ashcroft has just gone absolutely bananas to finish off this year and to show what type of player he is. He's sitting on a 123-game average, a 102.5-game average. His numbers at the Gabba are just absolutely off the charts. So last games at the Gabba, he's gone 124, 87, 111, 148. He still has uh, one, two, three of the last sort of six are at the Gabba as well. So for those that held on to Will Ashcroft, well done. He's going to be a gun. He's going to be an absolute guy. I like people throw out the questions. If you could only pick one, him or Sheasel, who would you pick? I love the people who just go, who cares? You can't go wrong. They're both mm-hmm. absolute guns, and I look forward to watching them play for uh, for many more years. Yeah, when you're talking about good drafts and shit drafts that come through, I think this is right up there with you know your top three or four players, especially Sheasel and um, Ashcroft. Even Fletcher, like he was taken a bit further on in the first round. He looks really good. Yeah. So you're looking at other rookies or rookie-type players like Jai and Miss. I know this is his second year, but when you're talking about a rising star nomination, I don't think anyone's kicked more goals than him when you're talking about someone that young and and when you're talking about the infancy of his career. Um, Michito Owens, Justin Herbert's brother. Yep. Uh, (laughs) His type of game plan, though, like – He's for someone that's so small, he's awesome above his head. He's really good at his feet, uses the ball really well, and does a lot with it with bugger all touches. So there, there's elite level football here when we're talking about people that have played 25 games or less running through the AFL at the moment and really exciting for teams moving forward. Yeah, there's a, a Brisbane have actually they've hit the jackpot with their father sons. I think they're two mm-hmm. absolute gun players. Yeah, looking forward to watching them run around. I think there's a lot more ready made coming out of that young system. There's always that question asked of whether they're too young and what that looks like. But look, yeah. I I don't want to say soft. Soft is not the word. Football is a bloody tough game. But I think with some of these rules coming out now about the dangerous tackles and things like that. I think these boys can come into the league now and really hit it with uh, hit it with everything they've got because there is a little bit less fear, I think, of getting you know hurt by a man. Yep. Um, and these guys are super talented. They are super talented. They're doing things you want, like we talk about Nick Dacos possibly winning Brownlee. The things he's doing that just become second nature to these young boys coming in, mate. I actually think the footy is in good place moving forward, mm-hmm. albeit. Albeit the tackle rule needs to be looked at a little bit. I don't think they've quite got it right just yet. And remember, Nick Dacos in his second year of footy. He's he's amazing. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. I chew a lot of my words at the start. I still still stand by some of my words at the start. I didn't like the cheap kick components and things like that. But now he is showing himself as he's gone into the midfield. And that was the challenge that I put out to him. Not that he's listening to my challenges. but no, he definitely is. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We have some serious followers and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, he's gone in there now and he's just elite. And I know they're a good team, but he actually makes that team a million times better for sure. Mm-hmm. Mate, we could talk midfielders to the cows come home. Do you have anyone that we've missed? Have we anyone else that you want to throw out there as a last word or any other last words before we wrap this standard squeeze up? No, not really. Like neither of us have mentioned 
Darcy Parish, where this time last year he was uber elite. Yep. But I think with the likes of Nick Martin, Ben Hobbs, he's really come on, uh, Zach Merritt, I just I don't think there's as much ability for him to get his own ball and not worry about the defensive side anymore. And it doesn't align well with Brad Scott's structure. So I, I don't see him as a pod nor someone that's going to finish top eight at the end of the year. Uh, Tim Kelly for West Coast, maybe, because he is the only one that gets any decent ball inside there. But there's not really anyone else apart from the names that we've mentioned, top eight or those ones that could come on that are really going to shape your team to make you either a finals team, win a finals, or potentially miss out on your finals. Yeah, not with the price tags and anything like that. I think we've mentioned them all. Look, yeah. mate, I've really enjoyed doing these standard squeeze sixes. I hope everybody goes back, has a cheeky little listen. We will as we uh, we watch where the players finish out this year and see if we can give mm. ourselves either a kick up the butt or a pat on the back for the decisions that we've made and the calls that we've made. So far, I think we're going not too bad. But uh, big shout out to the Standard Squeeze. Make sure you go and use the Insight 15 code uh, for 15% off all their products. Make sure you support those who support us. Mate, always a pleasure. Until next time, this has been the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 